Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Thursday, and this is going to be a fun crossover Thursday. Locked On Cardinals, Locked On Bucks, David Harrison, Locked On Bucks, Alex Lazy, Locked On Cardinals. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for making Locked On Bucks and Locked On Cardinals your first respective listens each and every day, free and available on all platforms. This crossover is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their Prize Picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. David Harrison, this 2022 season hasn't necessarily gone to script, gone to planogram, gone to spec, as both of our respective fan bases and teams would have thought. So we're going to talk a lot. You know, we're going to talk a lot about this game. We're going to talk a lot about key matchups. We're going to talk a lot about how an under 500 bucks team is in the driver's seat to win the NFC South. We're going to talk about it all. But first things first. Bruce Arians out, Tom Brady out, Todd Bowles in, Tom Brady in. Mm -hmm. The offseason through now, injuries, (laughs) lack of great play like we've seen from that team in recent recent years. What's it all been like? Give me a shepherd. Give me just a mashup of what it's been like since, um, you know, uh, since retirement to now for Tom Brady and team. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, the, have you ever been to like a carnival or like a fair where they had that ride that like you you stood up against the wall and then it spun and as it did, oh, yeah. the floor fell out from underneath you. It's like that, and the floor is gone, but then somebody spit. Like that's pretty much what this season has been <laughs> for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like everything's just a blur. Everything you can't focus on any one thing. There is no floor underneath. You have no idea how far this thing is going to fall. And then just just every time you think maybe something's going right, somebody spits in your face. That's I mean that's really the best way to do it because you know obviously you have Tom retiring like you mentioned, uh, but then even when Tom comes back, you have the Ali Marpet retirement that a lot of people have kind of forgotten about by now. You know, so it's okay. Well, Tom's coming back. That's great. But now Ali is gone, and from an internal Buccaneer standpoint. Donovan Smith, the left tackle, like, yeah, he's had better years, but really those good years started when Allie moved to the left side of the offensive line. So mm-hmm. now that he's gone, what's going to happen with Donovan? And he's had a down year for the most part this season as well. Um, and then Rob, you know, Rob, 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 Rob Gronkowski, despite all the reports, rumors, and and everything, never came back and, and stayed, has so far stayed retired. And, uh, you know, he was he was on the Lockdown Bucks podcast not that long ago, and I asked him, of course, because everybody does, and he said he was going to stay retired. So we'll take him for his word. Um yeah, and and then Bruce walks away, and and then Ryan Jensen gets injured. Alex Kappa leaves to Cincinnati, and of course, when the Bengals are having their comeback push against the Buccaneers, Alex Kappa is one of the best offensive linemen on the field, if not the best offensive lineman on the field. So it's just you know it's like senior X, you know, marry up uh, a little bit, and, and it just wasn't expected. But yeah, man, that's that's the best way I can really put this season for the Buccaneers. I mean, the Cardinals. I mean, I don't I don't know if it's been any better. Maybe a different ride you can choose uh, for, yeah. to describe that experience. You know, um, instead of spit, it's throw up. I guess like it's full on <laughs> throw up in that in, in that in that carnival yeah. ride. Um, in that carnival ride example, you know, I'm I'm finding myself hard pressed to not blame injuries because I don't I don't prescribe I, I don't prescribe to that to, to that line yeah. of thinking where it's like 
Everybody's got injuries. Yes, some have more than others. I'm saying before Kyler Murray went down. When Kyler Murray went down, yeah. they weren't making the playoffs anyway, so that's kind of the icing on the proverbial uh, excrement cake that we've seen so far up until this season. But, like, I say this and I've said this. My listeners have heard this a lot. The only thing worse than having a problem is not knowing why there is a problem and not knowing the source of the problem. And that's been the Arizona Cardinals since kickoff of that Rams game in the playoffs last year through the offseason, through the extensions for Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, through trading for Hollywood Brown in the draft, drafting a, a tight end in the second round when they had glaring needs at pass rush, offensive line, and corner. And then you have this kind of hodgepodge roster where on paper it looks fantastic. I feel like that's home mm. cooking for you. And it doesn't really translate into any sort of normalcy when it comes to being viable to win more games than you lose. And then you have the Cliff Kingsbury questions. You have the Steve Kime, you know, roster building questions. You have the, was Kyler Murray the guy questions. Like it's all just this, we're, we're just immersed in this solar system of finger pointing. And we don't yeah. know like if Copernicus was right, like we don't know what the center of all of this is. And we still don't, we're further away from knowing now than we were when the season started. And definitely since with, you know, with Kyler Murray going down and the Steve Kime issues that he's had with his health and he stepped away, like it's now a circus. Yeah. But when they were actually in contention, potentially for a playoff spot, we still don't know to this day what has been going on with this team. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a team that really didn't understand who they were, where they were, you know, judge, especially judging by the draft picks. And honestly, it kind of reminds me of the Buccaneers uh, when they drafted O.J. Howard a lot of times, you know, or even at the time that was considered kind of a luxury pick, not, not a need so much as just like, oh, look at this really cool athletic tight end that we can add to this offense and really make things go. And it turns out that you're not that good and you needed a lot more other pieces. And yeah, O.J. was was a superb talent in that class, but you could you could have benefited from a lot of other players. Uh, that you could have drafted there or trade back and get some other mid-round players that you could have could have built around. Uh, you know, so that that kind of kind of reminds me of that. And then bring us all the way up to today for the Buccaneers. They're in the middle of an identity crisis right now. And honestly, the identity crisis they're suffering through is the identity of Todd Bowles. And, and a lot of us, the players were excited. The media was excited. You know, here on Locked Up Bucks, we celebrated, you know, not so much that Bruce Arians was stepping away, but that when he did, it was Todd Bowles that got elevated. And we know that, he doesn't call the offensive plays, right? He's not the game planner, but he's the head coach. He drives the ship. He drives the character uh, of this team. And this team has yet to play a full game. Even if you go back to their wins, I would say the Seattle Seahawks probably maybe the closest to, a, to, to the team playing a full game. But even that, you have moments. I mean, especially the Leonard Fournette interception, trying to get it to Tom Brady. Like, you got moments where you just kind of are left scratching your head and saying, what is uh, this team? And, and Alex, last weekend, uh, against Cincinnati Bengals is a perfect Jekyll and Hyde type of situation. 16 first downs in the first half for the Bucks, nine for the Bengals. In the second half, essentially flipped that. 14 for the Bengals, six for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bengals or the Buccaneers entered halftime with a 20-minute, 20 27-second time of possession mark. They left the game with less than 31 minutes time of possession. Like the entire second half, they didn't hold the ball for 11 minutes. It was just, it was absolutely ridiculous. And and it goes back to a stat that I've dropped on several crossovers, hoping that maybe uh, it'll it'll start to change. But the Buccaneers are three and zero when they run the ball thirty times or more. In Cincinnati, they carried the ball fifteen times in the first half. Their duo of Leonard Fournette, Rashad White, right, well on your way to thirty. They finished with twenty one carries combined. They had six carries wow. coming out of halftime with a double digit lead 
against one of the best teams in the AFC. And they decided to not just throw the ball, but continue to throw the ball with a lead, even while their Hall of Fame quarterback is turning the ball over four times in 11 snaps. It just it makes absolutely no sense. So there's an identity crisis inside the Buccaneers organization. And it starts with the fact that we all thought Todd Bowles was going to be a completely different head coach than he has turned out to be. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, um, we probably should have mentioned this earlier on. There's a lot of home cooking with the Arizona Cardinals, them, both of whom, Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles, came from the Arizona mm-hmm. Cardinals organization. Todd Bowles went to take the head coaching job with the Jets. He blamed it on the talent, not necessarily, not necessarily on the coach. He kind of changed the culture there, but not well enough to keep him retained after a couple bad seasons on the back end. And then Byron Leftwich took over, for those that don't remember, Byron Leftwich took over for a fired Mike McCoy after a Thursday night just bludgeoning by the Denver by the Denver Broncos. Um, and Byron Leftwich went from quarterback's coach to you know interim OC and then parlayed that into an OC job with BA. So it's all very familiar with those three with BA and and, and Bowles and uh and Leftwich. And there were questions here. You know, there's not okay, it's difficult, it's impossible to question the resolve and leadership in some capacity of Todd Bowles. There's no question mm-hmm. about it. Absolutely He's stable. He's a good per like he checks all of the boxes that don't get checked by everybody every more, anymore. And the but there are some limitations to his ability as a head coach. We've just seen that. And I don't under, I didn't understand the move necessarily because I feel like with Tommy, it's like you gotta ride who the best who the most important player of the organization is, and that's an offensive player. So hiring an offensive an offensive minded head coach, even from the outside, I think would have made more sense. But you're a lot closer than I am. And Todd Bowles deserves all the chances. He deserves them all, you know, because he's yeah. he is who he is. He's great. So there's so much more to talk about here. Let's get into this game. And as as we start to see teams weaken, it's more of big picture questions, but let's kind of make this a little bit more micro. Talk about Sunday night. One team's playing for a lot. One team has their third string quarterback and Trace McSorley already gawking at who he's playing against in, in his start with the Arizona Cardinals. We'll, we'll rip all day. David Harrison, Locked on Bucks, Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. We'll roll on next. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll love, you know, this one from The League, available as a bonus episode on Locked on NFL. Narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rooks. Super talented. The League is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, pro football. Our bonus episode is called The We of the Cowboy, The Way of the Cowboy, and is this incredible story of how the 1997, 1977 Dallas Cowboys brought in Bruce Lee's protege to teach their defense martial arts, ushering in a new approach to the way the league trained. Each story offers equal parts history, entertainment, and social commentary. Head over to Lockdown NFL for a bonus episode of The League or catch the full series wherever you get your podcast available now, Audible, get in the game. He is David Harris, host of Lockdown Cardinals. I'm Alex Clancy, host of Lockdown Cardinals. It's been a grind, David Harrison. Like, our job, we have the best jobs in the world. Like, this is, yeah, it's first cool. world problems where the worst thing that happens is the team that you cover is not winning more games than they're losing. Um, right. But, you know, it's been a sludge. It's been a long season, and both of these rosters are way more talented than their win-loss record indicates, just yeah. on paper. And, you know, it's interesting you brought up uh, O.J. Howard. I always equi- I always bring up the Clyde Edwards-Alaire example for the, for the Chiefs. 
or mm-hmm. or the Sony Michelle pick for the Patriots, where it's like, you know what? Maybe you're not in as good of a position as you think you are to be able to make that luxury draft choice from a skill position player on the offensive line that's not an offensive lineman, both of which uh, did not reap the benefits that they thought they would. Now, looking to Sunday night, okay, key matchups, you're going to be good. That defense could be going against Trace McSorley, okay? You're still going to have DeAndre Hopkins. You're still going to have Hollywood Brown. You're still going to have James Conner. You're going to be playing the hits there. But how does a defense prep for a quarterback they maybe have 45 seconds of game film on, but who is a mobile quarterback? Like the thing with him is he runs and moves around and throws the ball, throws a tight spiral like he could be in every in every game starting in the NFL, but where the ball lands, that's the problem. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I wanna I wanna give uh I wanna give a, a shout out. I believe it's Greg Amon of Fox Sports now. And, and I'm I was trying to pull up the tweet real quick. I can't quite find it, but the Buccaneers have lost now five straight games when they're facing a quarterback making his first NFL start. <laughs> and Brock Purdy was the first rookie quarterback making his first NFL start to beat Tom Brady. Right. But again, Tom Brady's history and the Buccaneers' history, totally different animals. So the Buccaneers have actually dropped five straight against guys making their first NFL start. So, I mean, Trace McSorley, look, if, if you ever wanted to take, I mean, load up prize picks and probably take uh, take go above his projections on, on a lot of things. But, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense hasn't been the problem. And, and to be quite honest with you, when you look at the San Francisco game and Brock Purdy, like that game doesn't go as well as it does for Brock if the Buccaneers don't have some of the injuries they had in the secondary. And again, I'm like you, I'm not trying to excuse like the season to those injuries, but that specific game and honestly, even the New Orleans game the week prior, the Monday night one that almost ended up in, in a traumatic loss and probably should have, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I would also put that game result, at least what the opposing offenses were able to do. I'll say that it doesn't forgive the Buccaneers offense, obviously. Um, what I'm actually worried about with this Trace McSorley game is the Buccaneers defense being overly aggressive. And this isn't just an assumption. I look back at the Cincinnati Bengals game. And I think if you take this head coach and you take this quarterback and you take this team and what could drive an NFL team to come out again with a double digit lead against Cincinnati Bengals, one of the better teams in the AFC, who's hot as, as any team in the NFL coming into this game, you're expected to get blown out. I mean, I myself predicted a 10 point loss, but not in the way that it actually came to fruition. So what could possess a team that is usually very conservative, right? To the point where the fans are, are screaming about how conservative, I mean, this is the same team that towards the end of regulation tied with the Cleveland Browns refused to let Tom Brady throw the ball to try to win before the end of regulation, this same team came out throwing the ball all over the yard uh, against Cincinnati Bengals with a two score. Like it doesn't make sense. So the only thing I can think of is they went out looking for a statement win. They came out of halftime and said, "This is our statement win." And I've said this on Locked On Bucks before that I think this team is looking for the turnaround moment. You know what I'm talking about, Alex? Where yeah, yeah. a team wins the championship and they say, "Back in week six, guys, that was the turnaround moment." Totally. You can do that in hindsight. This team is trying to do it in real time, and I think that is a huge huge problem so if Todd Bowles is still looking for that turnaround moment he could come out of this thing firing everything he has at Trace McSorley and that's great usually but this team that could lead to Trace McSorley running for 150 yards on your defense because you're over pursuing and over committing to a pass rush and over blitzing and leaving up uh leaving wide open lanes so that is that is my concern because this team is is top five in the NFL in sacks per pass but I I worry that based off of the behavior we saw last weekend from the Buccaneers offense, that mentality is going to bleed this weekend into the defense. 
and lead to Trace McSorley looking like uh, a Brock Purdy, which is a, a comparison I never thought I would make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the NFL's got silly. No, that that's a really interesting thing that they're trying to do it in real time. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, with the Cardinals, it's Tom Brady. Okay, and the yeah. Cardinals with where they are in somewhat of a, and it's not really like at, at this point, injuries have completely decimated. Um, they're in somewhat of a lame duck situation playing at home, which they don't play very well at over the last, you know, 15 or 16 months. Okay. Against a quarterback who kind of knows the offense, kind of practices with the ones, but not a whole lot. Um, this is one where Tom Brady is just going to look like he has rabies with salivating, like, like eating, like eating whatever they were eating the and acids in little giants, you know, like just completely salivating. Like this is the one. And for me, my litmus test was, Whenever Gronk started scoring touchdowns, that's when the turnaround was starting. In Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. in New England, whenever. When they turn oh. that switch on, it was when Gronk has two touchdowns in a game, that's when S is starting to change. That's when it's starting to shift, and that's when the trajectory gets in a playoff mode. Obviously, with him not there, it's a little different this year. But right. my biggest fear going into Sunday is that the offense won't be able to stay on the field long enough to give the defense time to rest to where Tom Brady doesn't pick him apart for 40 of the 60 minutes, which is well within the ability because you're right. Tom Brady's offense is best run establishing the run first. It always has been. Like yeah. that's what made Josh McDaniels so great was, doesn't matter if it's James White or LeGarrette Blunt or someone in the middle, they're running the rock. And then Tom, yeah. the play action Tom Brady may be the best in history in play action. So my biggest fear going into the game is not just Tom Brady. He's 40, like he's a shell of what he was three or four years ago. But Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, you know, Rashad White, like they've got weapons enough to terrorize the Cardinals defense who is not yeah. equipped talent-wise to be the strength of this team. I've said it since the beginning of the offseason. If they don't add talent, this, uh, this defense is set to set the stage for the offense to eat, and the offense just hasn't done it enough this year for the Cardinals to remain relevant. So that's my biggest fear. It's kind of a hodgepodge of can the offense stay on the field long enough? And if not, is this going to be that game where it's like, oh, seven and eight goes to eight and eight, goes to nine and eight, goes to Cowboys in in Tampa, goes to Tampa Bay beating them by 20. Like, is this the first thing, the first cone that falls to where they start to like, you know, salivate for the playoffs? And that's what I, I fear because I don't want anybody to get embarrassed with the Cardinals. Like I'm tough on them, but I don't want them to lose 34 to three at home on Christmas. Right. You know, and that's, that's something that, you know, it's just something that, you know, you hope doesn't happen. They got embarrassed last year in a different way when the entire Indianapolis Colts team was hurt and the Cardinals still lost at home um, on Christmas, which was Saturday night of last year. So we'll give our predictions next. David, that's really good. I really like that. How they're trying to find the get right game in real time. That's awesome. That was a, a brain teaser for me. It worked. I appreciate that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and but uh, you know, they're, they're they're but they're going about the wrong. That's the, again going back to the identity crisis in segment one because I, I I agree with everything you just said. Like this defense looks like the kind of defense that this Buccaneers offense should be able to operate off of, establish the run, lean on the play action like they did in the first half against Cincinnati Bengals. And Tony Romo rightfully pointed out in the second half where did the play action go, where did the motion go, where did all those other work in the first half go? And I'll give it one more, just so people understand, this isn't anecdotal as far as like committing to using the running backs. Uh, again, Buccaneers are 3-0 and when they run the ball 30 or more times. And 
look, the, the flow of the game kind of helps them run the ball sure. more, right? I get that. I understand that. But again, Cincinnati's game flow was ripe for running the ball coming out of the half. But listen, the Buccaneers are three and three when they run the ball between 20 and 30 times. So 50, per, you know, 500 record. Okay, got it. They're 0 and 5 when they run the ball less than 20 times. So this isn't anecdotal. Run the ball less than 20 times, you lose. Between 20 and 30, you got a 50 50 shot. Over 30 times, commit to that thing early, use the play action off of it. You win games if you're the Buccaneers. Uh, but they just haven't figured that out yet. They're not, they're, they're looking in the funhouse mirrors and they're not seeing what they should be seeing. Yeah, the yet is tough when we're into week 16. You know, it's not, it's not week two or week three. Locked on crossover Thursday, David Harrison locked on Bucks, Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. We'll give our final thoughts, give a wrap up. I'm going to ask them if they miss Giovanni Bernard. I'm going to ask them if they miss any sort of infusion of a pass catching back or just forcing Leonard Fournette to be a pass catching back. Never really understood that. I'll ask David Harrison about that. Um, next, as we as we roll on here on a crossover Thursday, brought to you by Prize Fix. But this episode of Crossover Thursday is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. They've been with us for a long time. The reason why I love BetOnline, you could do MVP odds. Patrick Mahomes is minus three hundred on Bet Online now to win MVP. That blows my mind. Jalen hurts hurts his shoulder and things just flip upside down. If you agree, if you do, if you disagree, go to betonline.net. They've got the next coach to be fired on. Not a lot of books carry that weight. They don't like the they don't like the negative props. Bet Online says, "We don't mind petty. We're going to do negative odds too." Um all of the information you need podcasts, okay? College football season, basketball, They've got it all at betonline.net. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. There the game starts. And there is one that needs to be discussed. This is a serious, um, th- this is a very important sponsor that we have. Okay. They all are, but this is important for a different reason. Okay. Holidays are coming around. People are going to be partying. You're going to be with friends. You're going to be back home. You're going to be with family. And did you know that? Driving high is considered driving under the influence. I chuckle because I don't understand why people don't know this already. And if you don't know, listen to this, okay? Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high can get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? They do. Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response rate and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is different. Or driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. All these are no Be safe. Um, okay. This has been fun. I wish we could do an hour. Like, I wish we could do an hour for, for crossovers because there's just so much. Like, we see yeah, each other once be. a year if we're out of, if that, out of yeah. out of division. You know, I would I would love to just dive deep in, into the into the uh, the team that is the Bucks. Oh man, um, David Harrison locked on Bucks. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Not the most ideal scenarios for both teams where the expectations were when the season started. That's not to say that what's happening with the Cardinals. Is best isn't best for the future, and what's happening with the Bucks right now isn't necessarily best for the future. Because David, I'm going to ask you before we get to this game. People want to know this is the thing you talk about it a lot. I apologize ahead of time. 
is Tommy looking for retirement or the the uh, Patriots or 49ers next year? Like, like, what's the deal? I know 49ers are outside. Patriots are like, well, one last swan song with Billy B. Is this what it's going to be like? What yeah. what situation are you witnessing there with Tom? You know, it's it's interesting. Um, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks actually brought up a very good point on the Move the Six podcast this week that going back to that 49ers loss, they got their butts kicked, and Dre Greenlaw came up to Tom Brady on the field and asked him to autograph the ball he intercepted from yeah. Tom, and Tom signed it. Um, and they were kind of just saying, like, the Tom of old would not have done that. That would not have been a thing that Tom Brady would have done. So, uh, you know, a lot of this is kind of like, did he lose – his mojo. And then, you know, a lot of that has to do with like kind of his personal life and everything that went on with his family. And like, there's a, there's a million uh, different ways to, to kind of dissect that. But I think that he is done in Tampa regardless, yeah. like one way or another, I think this is his last ride in Tampa. I don't really buy the Patriots thing. The problem with that is I also didn't really buy the whole dolphins thing. And that rumor kind of started circulating in December of last year. And now here we are in December of this year and now it's a Patriots rumor. So, I mean, I didn't really buy that, but that turned out to be true. So, I mean, I guess, you know, there's no reason to not think that might be true. I think that if Tom leaves Tampa, which I do think he's going to, but if he plays again, I believe it's either San Francisco or it's Las Vegas with his old offensive okay. coordinator uh, there uh, in Coach McDaniels. I don't I don't think, honestly, New England, like if New England had a Super Bowl caliber roster, potentially, but you still have the Chiefs there. You still got all kinds of talent. You still got the, the Chargers who... You know, once again next year, maybe they'll be healthy and maybe everybody will expect them to reach their uh, their potential. But you have the Bengals who are going to have another year to stock up on some weapons and, and make make their unit better. Like the New England Patriots, I mean, the way I see it at best could possibly come in to next season as a top four to ten team in the AFC. And, and I, I don't know that adding Tom Brady necessarily necessarily changed that. They still have a lot of the same problems that, on their roster that they had when he left. And I think that's a big reason why he left in the first place is he was kind of sick of being the guy to carry the entire roster. He wanted to go to a place that already had weapons. Uh, Vegas obviously has some weapons um, when they're healthy. The 49ers obviously have some weapons and the 49ers have the defense. So I think to me, the Niners plus he's always wanted to wear the Niners colors. Joe Montana fan. I believe Niners is the front runner. James Yarko completely disagrees with me and thinks that if he plays next year, it will be for the Buccaneers. So I kind of wish he was here to, to explain his lunacy, but uh, that's just the kind of the way that I that I see it right now. Yeah, and you know what? You say lunacy, I say rational thought. I mean, if if the, I mean <laughs> if if he wants to make the playoffs, the easiest division I by mean, far to win in the NFC is the NFC South. By far, yeah. is loosely defined. But I mean, if you're going to the Patriots, you got to play in the cold. Forty-five year old and forty year old Tom Brady in the cold. Not sure it'd be the same. You play Josh Allen twice. You play whatever the Dolphins are twice. You play whatever the Jets are twice, and that's a tough division. Yeah. Even the AFC yeah. West. You know, that's those are two of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. And the NFC West is nothing to sniff out. But I understand that with the defense and the run game and everything like that. I'm sure we'd have to take a pay cut because they're paying so many people there right. already. But I, the, the best roster to go to is the one he already has, if healthy. And I mean, they probably have to draft three offensive linemen. You know, Tristan works like everybody would have. But, yeah, that it's just really interesting because he's not leaving a terrible place. No t income tax, uh, state income tax. Like, there are a lot of perks to stay in Florida. But, uh, yeah, anyways, this is not a Tom Brady podcast, even though it probably should be on the Lockdown <laughs> Podcast Network. Rush Jackson, get it together. Um, in this game, Sunday night, yeah, it's going to be – it's a very important game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, let's not 
Absolutely. Like gloss over that. Like the Buccaneers have to win this. The rest of the division is five and nine. I'm I think he they have tiebreakers over one, but does Carolina still drive drive the ship or because they lost last week they don't? I know one. No, they both lost. I think yeah, I think Carolina still if they end up with tied records, I believe Carolina I mean, they still have to play again, so that'll that'll obviously determine some things as well. But yeah, if 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 Carolina wins out, then they win the South, I believe. Yeah, so I'm like th- this seems to be uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers win. I mean, I don't think Trace McSorley. It's going to be it'll be a fun story for the Cardinals. I don't talk about injuries. I don't talk about you know tanking. Oh, they should lose. Let's sit everybody. That's not how good karmic things happen. That's not how things work. Go win football yeah. games. Every single player that's an employee of the NFL is going to try and win every single time, whether it be for this team for next year or for their next contract. But I think this is going to get pretty ugly, not necessarily saying it's going to be a blowout, but it's not going to be pretty football. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, the Cardinals will probably, I think, I I don't see Tampa Bay putting up a 40-burger, but I see, you know, maybe 30 to 13, 30 to 17, maybe with a garbage time touchdown at the end. Um, Trace McSorley's got some talent. They've got all their weapons healthy pretty much, except for Zach Ertz and all of the offensive line. Uh, but I think about 37, 10, I think there's going to be more points scored than people expect. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going a little bit of a different uh, direction with that. I think it's going to be a low scoring uh, affair. Yeah. I just not a whole lot of confidence in that offense. I know that that defense in Arizona is not the greatest. And, and, you know, uh, my listeners and viewers would be more than happy to throw that in my face. If I'm wrong uh, here, the, 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 the bucks are favored by six and a half, which is a little bit surprising, but I think that's a lot more to do with what the bookmakers think about the Cardinals than it has to do with, the Buccaneers. I do think the Buccaneers are going to get a win, um, but I think it ends up being 21-17 Tampa Bay. And kind of like you, like maybe not as close as the score says, right? It's probably going to be like 21-10 and then kind of a garbage time, you know, touchdown there towards the end. Maybe D-Hop gets into the end zone or Trace runs it for like 40 yards because somebody overcommitted <laughs> to something. Um, but I think, yeah, I've got 21-17. It's, just, it's hard. Uh, going back to last week, you know, against the Bengals. I, I said in my prediction on BucksGameDay.com, like I've I've lost my faith in Tom Brady magic at this point. The last time I leaned on it was San Francisco, thinking he's going home. It's a it's a rookie quarterback. It's it's the perfect Tom Brady game, and he he laid an egg. The entire team laid an egg. It's not just on Tom. Um, so this is one of those games where you would expect this team, but again, trying to avoid the looking for a turnaround point because I think that's part of the problem with what's happening in Tampa right now. Um, I, it's hard for me to, to predict a, a much larger victory than, you know, four points or so would be happy to be wrong. I was happy at halftime thinking like, Oh, okay. I, I was wrong about this game. That's good. Um, unfortunately I ended up being right. So hopefully a uh, little bit more correct on this one, but a close win for Tampa and, uh, yeah, not a must win, but a definitely need to win. I think this, this is the best way I can put it. D Harrison 82 on Twitter, locked on bucks and locked on commanders and, Another homegrown talent of the state of Arizona, a Cronkite school grad. I didn't know that. I just looked at your bio. So this is real time, you know, stream of consciousness. I think I'm playing the didgeridoo with circular breathing. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals and Locked On Bucks your first listen. Now make Locked On Sports Today your second. Peter Brukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes, even though he wears the small socks. It makes it look like he's not wearing socks. Pisses me off. Peter and I have gotten an argument about this. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked on Sports Day podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. For David Harrison of Locked on Bucks, I'm Alex Lance. We will talk to you on Friday 